Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. One Peter chapter four verses eight to ten. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. Okay, good morning one and all. Good morning everyone in the room downstairs. Good morning upstairs. Good morning online. Very good to have you all here. Um, I'm going to continue this series looking at the practice of hospitality. I want to start actually by just sharing a story, a story that happened a number of years ago um, where I was just getting on with my evening uh, I was actually getting ready to go out, ready to go out uh, to a meal I'd been invited to, and uh, I was looking forward to it. Uh, when there was a knock on my door, and I opened it, and there was a guy I knew called James, and um, I said hello, and he looked like he wanted to come in. So I said, hey, do you want to come in? And he made his way in, and we kind of hung out. I made him a drink, kind of asked him about how his week had been going, kind of like listened to him, heard what were the challenges, what were the encouragements, uh, and stuff. And then, kind of, to be honest started to feel a bit kind of uncomfortable because I knew it was getting towards the time where um, I needed to leave the house because um, I didn't want to be late to the people I was going to because I'm someone who likes to be punctual. And uh, I was starting to kind of look at my watch, and that's never a good thing to do. Um, uh, and so I was looking at my watch, kind of thinking, when's this guy going to go? Um, and it was just, you know, continuing conversation and doing all I could, to be honest, to kind of get to that ending of a conversation. And in the end, I just felt like, man, I think I just got to say something. I said, look, um, it is so nice to see you, but I- I'm really sorry. But um, I kind of need to go in a minute. Um, at that point, he looked really shocked. And I was like, sorry, are you okay, James? And he said, well, I thought I was coming here for a meal. And at that point... Um, I was like, sorry, you what? And he said, yeah, yeah, um, Lucy invited me. Now, if you don't know me, I'm married to a lady called Lucy. And he said, yeah, Lucy invited me 
uh, tonight to come for dinner with you, and she said that would be totally fine. Now, just a quick aside on this one. Um, Lucy was way at this point, and to be honest, it's still undecided as to whether she forgot to tell me, or probably more likely, I didn't hear. And so, as we're sat there, and I'm thinking, okay, so you've come for food, um, uh, that ain't going to happen because I've got nothing ready, and I need to go, actually, in like five minutes. So I kind of say, well, you know, I, I'm really sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, there's, you're not going to get any food uh, in terms of a meal, but how about some cheese on toast to go? And so that's what I did. Gave him some cheese on toast, sent him off on his merry way, and went and enjoyed my meal. Why do I tell that story? Because hospitality just goes wrong sometimes. That's the deal. Like, if we're going to practice hospitality, there's a clue in the name. We're learning. We're learning to do something. That's the point. And sometimes when we're learning to do something, it means that we're going to get it wrong. It may be, not be, because you won't be like me, you'll be very organized. You won't forget, um, like, someone's come around. There's another story, there's so many stories that I've done that have failed. So I can tell you another one where Lucy and I were sat there for ages waiting for someone to come around, an hour into the meal having, should have started, and we turned to each other and realized, oh, we were meant to go and pick them up. Um, <laughs> Like, there's just, like, if you get invited around our house for anything, or if I say, oh, yeah, let's meet up, just double-check, just text or something, just to make sure it's got there. But the reality is, as we risk showing hospitality, let's know we do it learning. And sometimes it's going to go well, sometimes it's going to fail, sometimes it's going to be like one of those ones where you're like, oh, no, hey, it's all right. Why? Because we're practicing. We're learning to do this. And we're going to look again in terms of how do we practice hospitality. But before we do that, I just want to remind us in terms of the building blocks of hospitality. Because the danger is when you start to hear something that you've got to do, it becomes a pressure. It becomes a weight. We kind of lose sight of all that we've just been enjoying of, through worship, through a singing of to God of our love for him and God coming quickly to say, no, no, but I love you. I love you unconditionally, non-negotiably. There's nothing you could do to make me love you any more or any less. But if we're not careful, we begin to lose sight of that and think, oh, no, it's down to me. No, no, it's always an overflow of God's love for us. So therefore, we started off in terms of the building blocks of the practice of hospitality, of understanding the foundation of hospitality is the God of hospitality. A God who reveals and embodies hospitality. Embodies in the one who came and lived, God on earth as man, Jesus, who came and in the supreme way offered hospitality by giving all in order that we could gain all. But in it, what we discover through this God of hospitality who both reveals and embodies it is he wants us to continuously come and receive of him of the hospitality that he offers. A hospitality that is all governed by his love towards us. So to give us again a taster of the kind of hospitality that God wants you and I to continuously live receiving. It's a hospitality just as a taster that you can see through the threads of scripture. We get to enjoy being welcomed, of being known and invited to know God, of belonging, of knowing home in and through him, of knowing honor 
That's what God wants to do for each of us, to cause us to continuously come and say, we receive of you, God of hospitality, of the hospitality that you are offering us. That's what we were doing this morning as we were coming and receiving his love. We're saying, oh God, you're wanting to pour out over me. And the thing is, as we receive of who God is, of this God of hospitality, it then shapes how we then live. And so if you were around last week, we then looked and saw that actually then that kind of shapes who we are together, where we offer hospitality to one another. And Rich did an excellent job of just revealing through those scriptures we heard read over us again today from 1 Peter 4, 8 to 10, of how we get to practice hospitality towards one another as an overflow of the hospitality we receive from God. And not surprisingly, it starts with love. A love for one another. Not a sense of duty. Oh, better be hospitable to them. But they haven't been hospitable to me for ages. No, no. Overflow of love. That we come whenever we gather thinking, how can I reveal love to others? That seeking to bring others in, that we're in family and church in, and say, hey, come and allow me to be hospitable to you. Why? Because I want to overflow love to you. And Rich said, like, how that's characterized then is how we see it characterized in God in living with kind of open lives and open hands. Saying, There's nothing hidden about me. I'm going to live authentically towards you. And also, I'm not going to keep stuff to myself, but whatever I've been entrusted with, I want to use it to bless others. And if we look to that and said, actually, then it means, as what Peter goes on to say, that we're all gifted in different ways. That God's wired us all differently, that he's caused us to have different stuff, different resources, and be at a different stage of life in order that in that place, God could say, hey, I want to uniquely use you to reveal hospitality to others to enjoy. So we all get a part to play. So we have this hospitality from God that then allows us, that we've received, that allows us to then enjoy hospitality with one another. Now the danger is that we camp out there and if we do, to be honest, all we're going to become is a very nice clique. <laughs> who kind of just hang out with each other and think, Man, this is good, like some sort of commune. Now that's never the point. Like, it never finishes there. The overflow of the love that we've received, the hospitality we've received, It's that we get to enjoy together, but then we get to reveal to the world. And I want us to look at that this week and next week, of how do we then reveal the hospitality we receive, the hospitality we enjoy together to the world around. And we're going to look today at how we do that in terms of a hospitality to our neighbors. And next week, we're going to look at how we show hospitality in respect to justice. So then today... Hospitality to our neighbors. In Matthew 22, 37 to 39, Jesus is kind of asked a question and said, like, what are the kind of, what's the key to living with, out of the love that God has revealed to us? Like, how are we meant to live? What are the greatest commandments for life? And Jesus says this, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. That in all we've received, 
it causes us to what? To live thankfully loving God with everything that we are. But then always calls us to then reveal it by loving our neighbor. See, hospitality has to always work itself out by showing our love to our neighbor. Remember, we looked at that, didn't we, last week, of actually hospitality is an overflow of love. And therefore, when Jesus says, like, go and love your neighbor, like, sometimes you think, well, how? Well, by being hospitable. Well, the next question that we could then ask is that, yeah, but who is my neighbor? And Jesus was quickly asked that as well. He was like, oh, it's like, okay. I'm going to love my neighbor as myself, but, but who is my neighbor? And a different individual asks him that in Luke 10. And Jesus basically tells a story to reveal that. And through the story, what he wants the individuals around him and anyone who hear it to see is who our neighbor is, is anyone and everyone. That's the reality. That's quite a big call, isn't it? It was all right, wasn't it? Receive hospitality? Yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. I want that. I want to receive. Uh, offer one another hospitality? Yeah, that's something we can enjoy together. I can see that. Live showing and revealing hospitality to everyone and anyone. Wow. <laughs> that, that feels like a big call. Yeah, but let's remember the building blocks. It's never a to-do. It's always an overflow of what we've received. See, Jesus doesn't call us to something that he doesn't do. See, Jesus models hospitality like this. You see it in, like, who he hung out with. You find that he's continuously sharing hospitality with multiple different individuals. You find it through the who, where he kind of hangs out with the elite and the powerful. You can see that in Luke 7, verse 36, where he's at a meal with some Pharisees, the kind of elite and powerful of Jesus' day. You see him at ease and comfortable with the wealthy. In Luke 5, 29, you find him at a meal with Levi and a load of tax collectors who were known for their money. You find him at ease with the outsider, with those that society rejected. In Luke 5.13, you see him welcoming and untouchable and just putting his hand on him, welcoming him in. You see him sat with a lady in John 4 at a well, someone who was despised, rejected, and yet Jesus spends time is at home with her. You find him hanging around with the ordinary, the everyday people in Luke 10, 39. You just find him at a family meal with two sisters and a brother. See, Jesus modeled hospitality with the who by saying he was comfortable with anyone and everyone. The elite and the powerful, the wealthy, the outsider, the rejected, the everyday individual, the ordinary. And people like you and me but he also models it through how he offered hospitality. I find this provoking verse in Matthew eleven nineteen, where Jesus kind of gives a summary of what everyone's saying about him in terms of the religious leaders who held power at that point. And it says this in Matthew eleven nineteen that the Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say... He's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. 
But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. Now, in this, there's loads of stuff that we could unpack in this. We haven't got time to do that. It's Jesus kind of saying, hey, don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> like, look at what it breeds fruit of. Like, look at what my life's going to produce. That's what he's saying through this. But there's also something I want us to see. Because it says something about how he practiced hospitality. See, Jesus practiced hospitality in terms of the time he spent. It was so much so that people, when they looked at his life, said, man, Jesus, he's like a drunkard. He's always like drinking with someone. He's like just a glutton. He's always eating with people. And he's hanging out with people, hanging out with the kind of people you don't want to be seen with. That's how Jesus practiced hospitality. That's provoking. Maybe it isn't for you. Maybe you're like, yeah, that's my reputation. I wonder if, I wonder if like, people would say that about me. I wonder if people would more say, oh, yeah, Adrian, he's the one who seems to always be getting his car going somewhere. Rather than, oh, Adrian, he's the one who always sees sat chatting to people, listening to people. And you should see the people coming in and out of their home. Hey, man, did you see him the other day at that pub or at that cafe, at that workingman's club? Like, what about you? So we see it in terms of the who, the how, and then lastly, the what. Jesus, I think, as you read the accounts of the Gospels, is one who continuously lived in respect to hospitality, either offering or accepting invitations. It just seems to be how he lived. He's like either offering someone an invitation. So you find it in Luke 19.5, where he just like announces to Zacchaeus, hey, I'm coming to your home. That's quite a cool invitation, isn't it? I'm coming to your home. Now, that was so important for Zacchaeus, because he was like hidden in the tree, didn't want to be seen. Jesus says, hey, I want to hang out with you. Why? Because I accept you. John 21.12, this amazing moment where Jesus invites his friends, particularly one in particular, Peter, to come and have breakfast with him in order they can be invited to the beauty of hospitality that brings restoration. You find it in him being receiving invitations. So in Luke 7, 36, you find Pharisees who seem to always be out to get him, inviting for a meal. And it isn't at that point Jesus thinks, oh no, these guys are always out to get me. No way I'm going there. He's like, yep, I'm in sat around the table. Or John 12, 2, you find that he's just invited to have a meal in his honor. And you see, this way that Jesus models hospitality in the who, the how, and the what is something that he invites you and I into. Say, hey, we get the adventure of showing this hospitality. The adventure of hospitality of offering to our neighbors. And it is an adventure. It isn't something that we're to feel like are the weight of. No, it's rather remember, it's that rhythm of like, oh God, in all that I've received from you as the God of hospitality, all that I enjoy with one another as we seek to love each other and live with open hands and open lives, I then get to do that with anyone and everyone I come into connection with. I get to live that way of seeking to love 
of seeking to have open hands and open life to different individuals that I come into contact with that are my neighbors, that are your neighbors. And the beauty is, it's an invitation to adventure because it's going to look different for every single one of us. There isn't like a cooker-cutter method, as Rich pointed out last week. The beauty is that God has fashioned us, has made us in his image to reveal him in multitudes of ways. Why? Because so many people on the planet are needed to reveal the wonder of who God is. I said, God places you in your life in order to reveal the wonder of who he is, the God of hospitality, in order that we can do things that cause others to taste and see how good he is. Let me just share some stories from some friends. And so we're going to just watch a video. We've got a few stories. We can sit back and watch how this plays out in different lives within Oasis. Okay. When Vince and I moved into Mosley 11 years ago now, we found out that none of our neighbours knew each other. So Debbie had to step into action and sort this out. So we introduce ourselves to different neighbours and introduce them to each other. And from there, we've built a really good community. So some of the events we do are bigger events. So at Christmas, we do a big uh, treasure hunt. My neighbour helps me to organise that. And we invite all the families and their extended families or it could be a tea party. Again, my neighbours will come help me. We get the tables and chairs out on the front, uh, cups and saucers, cakes, and we invite everybody along and have lots of fun together. And it's simple things as well, like just baking a cake. So we can't eat cakes just for ourselves. So I'd like to take a piece round to some of the neighbours and share it or when I cook a meal, doing a bit extra, um, perhaps for those who think, oh, they, they might like a meal. Uh, immediate next door neighbours often text us on a Sunday and say, we can smell your Sunday dinner. And I take that as a hint as they would like some. So I just do some extra jerk chicken for them. And they get very excited when uh, their doorbell rings with a, and they've been served a plate of jerk chicken. As well, it's other things just like popping in and out of each other's houses for a cup of tea. I might get a text and someone say, Debbie, do you fancy a cup of tea? Or I could do with a chat. Or I'll invite neighbours here for a cup of tea. Um, we do that on a, a regular basis. In our community, we have uh, elderly who are lonely. We have single moms. We have people from other cultures who actually have been a bit nervous about how they will fit in to our community. So I always introduce myself and introduce them to other neighbours. Um, and so just having cups of tea or eating together, it just makes for a really lovely community. And we just love being able to bless our neighbours with all these, whether they're big or small things. And we actually feel blessed uh, by our neighbours actually joining in with us as well. Hi, my name is Chica Vincent, and this is my story of uh, hospitality. Grew up in Nigeria. Uh, I grew up in a culture that uh, people didn't have to call 
or to make an appointment where they can see you. Nobody calls you to say, I'm going to come to your place in a week, summer, or in a month, and they have to mark it in a calendar, in a diary, or somewhere. No. For us, it was more like people passing by, people stopping by, people going out. It's more like an open door policy, although it wasn't kind of, it wasn't like a written code, it wasn't announced, but it was just the way we are, the way we grew up, that people pass by, people just knock on your door and say, look, I was on my way going to such a place, and I just want to check to see if you're in, and that was it. So when they come in, they see that, and you just have them around your house, and if you have anything, you offer to them, and if you don't have anything, you don't offer, you don't, you don't, you don't give what you don't have, you don't go to the shop to say, okay, wait, let me go to the shop and get something for you, no, you just drive there, and then being present with them, that's most important for me, and also I had friends that, they just stop by, and for me also, I stopped by at their place, also without being, without announcing to them I'm going to be there, so it, it was, that was it for me growing up. But then that changed for me when I went to Romania and also coming to England as well. It's like you have to call and you have to book an appointment. You have to tell someone I'm going to come see you in a week's time or in a month's time. And then that gives you room for you to prepare. So I guess that works here and it's work, it works well here. But for me in Nigeria, it was different. And for me, it was a shock to have you to call and make an appointment to go see somebody, even my friends. I found it was funny for me, but it was a shock. Ah, yeah, thank you. I'm going to talk briefly about sharing hospitality with my um, colleagues at school. Um, the first thing that I try to do is make sure that when I get in in the morning, I collect clean mugs, fill the kettle, and make our tea and coffee area usable. And then at the end of the day, I do the opposite, take dirty mugs away, wash them up, just set up for the next day. I think that's something really simple and it helps people feel welcomed and cared about when they arrive at school. The second thing I do is I try to keep on top of my own workload um, and emotional health so that when other people are talking to me about how they're doing, I can really lean in and listen and hear what they're saying and be, have a welcoming heart towards them. And the third thing that I do is pray specifically um, and ask the Lord, is there someone you want me to reach out to today? So uh, this week I felt prompted to buy a box of heroes for a colleague in the senior leadership team, not someone I know particularly well, had didn't know things that were going on for him, but um, when I gave the, the heroes to him, he was blown away. He said, I can't believe you've done this. It's made my day. I moved house last week. I've been so stressed out. And this is just a little a glimmer of hope in um, the chaos of my life so yeah the simple thing that helped him hope to feel uh, valued uh, so one thing God's really been saying to me recently is about meeting people where they're at and not where I'm at so as a white middle class bloke I would love people to want to go running with me or to come over for dinner or do stuff that I want them to do but God really being like, no, well, you need to meet people where they're at, in what they do, where they're present. Uh, so when a couple of older ladies from work asked me to spend or to go out with them in an evening to their local social club, this was a place I, would, I wouldn't have chosen to go to, a place I didn't want to go to. I didn't want to stay up late. I didn't want to be doing that. I'd rather have been hanging out with other people and doing different things. But God just being like, this is such an opportunity uh, to bring a bit of Jesus into their lives. Um, so I went along, I was a different age to everyone there, I was a different demographic to, to everyone else there, 
but it was an amazing evening, an amazing opportunity where in the place they felt comfortable, they opened up to me about brokenness I couldn't have even dreamt of brokenness being. And they shared life with me and I had a real opportunity just to speak a little bit of Jesus into their life. Um, and as we see from Jesus in the Bible, he's someone who always met people where they're at and not where we want them to be. So that's my encouragement is just being willing to go to places, to do things and to be willing to meet people where they're at and not where we're at, uh, but where they're at. And that's why I think we'll really see the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. Hello, Oasis. Um, I'm Hope. And I'm Daisy. Um, and we're here to share um, quickly about how um, hospitality can lead to coming to know Jesus. Um, so a year ago, I moved into this flat um, and it had a spare room, which I thought was a box room. Um, but when I moved in, I was like, you could definitely fit a bed in there. Um, and I prayed for it and um, felt like God say um, that he wanted to use it. So I prayed that um, in his timing, um, someone would be able to come into the room. <clears throat> Long story short, Josie needed a room. Um, and we have lived here together for a year now. Um, for me, that was uh, felt like um, a leap of faith in um, stepping out in what God wanted me to do. Um, but um, the whole year, it's just been such a massive blessing having Josie live here um, and really um, yeah, encouraged me that when God tells me to do something, he has a big cloud with it. Yeah, and also from my point of view, when I uh, moved in, I really needed the Lord. And so just being here around now my really good Christian friends has enabled me to, to kind of get to know um, the Lord and also um, become a member of the Oasis community, which has just been super welcoming. Um, and yet we have, well, it's not just the two of us really, because we have our good Oasis friends upstairs, Alice, Susie and Charlie. Um, and we, I think what we've really learned is um, that whilst we can share great things like corn chicken nuggets, and the electricity bill. And the electricity bill, really helpful in this time. Thanks, Josie. Um, the best thing that we can <laughs> share is Jesus. And it's amazing to be able to share that together. Um, and we just want to um, praise God for that and just thank Oasis for being the most wonderful, welcoming place. That's great. <laughs> These are our stories. Uh, which is exciting, isn't it? This is the adventure we're caught up in. And I just want us to just hear some of those things from those stories, that it just looks different for different people. Do you see that through it? That often it can mean going to where people feel comfortable rather than taking people to where we feel comfortable. That involves the sharing of our lives, connecting sometimes others with others, not just with ourselves, providing for, inviting in, but ultimately in just taking risks. So I want to just leave us with a few questions in terms of this practice of hospitality to our neighbours. And I'll do that through what Jesus modelled to us and just ask us a few things in terms of how do we seek to learn to live more in hospitality towards our neighbours. Firstly then, the who. I think we need to ask ourselves the question, who are my neighbours? Spend some time thinking through that. Your physical neighbours, literally where you live, like, maybe you don't even know them. Maybe that's the next thing. Like, just get to see who they are. Like, maybe your neighbors are people you work with, people you study with, people who are caring for you or you're caring for. Maybe it's your friends, those we come into contact with within our life. I say, spend some time considering who are my neighbors. Secondly, the how. 
How are we using our time? Two questions in terms of this. How can I live more intentionally daily with offering hospitality to my neighbors? Secondly, what do I need to change to allow more time? We live incredibly time poor. And therefore, some of the pressure can feel like, man, I've only got this finite amount of time. Maybe it's we have to look and say, okay, what am I saying yes to? What am I saying no to? And then finally, the what. What invitations do I need to make? And what invitations do I need to accept? I'd encourage us to be considering those questions individually, to be considering those questions through our small groups, and to be considering those questions with others as we gather and saying, hey, how are we doing on this? Why? Because we're in this practice, which means we're learning to do. Can I just throw another one in? I just felt this in terms of today is, uh, I think we need to also pray in respect to this. I want to particularly just share a passage which I think ties into where we started in worship and have got to at this point. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. In respect to hospitality to our neighbors, it is that we come with that sense of receiving from the God of hospitality, enjoying the hospitality with one another, and then revealing hospitality to our neighbors. But we do that by this passage coming root, come to root in our lives. Because what it does, I think, and this is what I'd encourage us to pray for, is firstly, it gives us a perspective. I don't know what's going on in your life at the moment. God does. And it's not taking him by mistake. Because you're his masterpiece. And he wants to use you in your life now. And so sometimes it's saying, God, would you come and give me your perspective of my life now? And secondly, it's knowing that if God's called us to something, he'll always provide for us. And therefore, where it can feel daunting, can I offer that? Can I do that? It's like saying, God, would you come and provide me all that I need to do this? Because what we're looking at here is an invitation to be involved in opening doors. That's what hospitality does. It opens doors. That as we offer hospitality to our neighbor, it opens the door in order they can taste and see what we've come to receive from the God of hospitality. And that as we open that door, we then get to beckon them in to say, hey, would you like to come and enjoy some hospitality with a different group of people? And ultimately to come and taste and see for yourself the hospitality that's on offer from God. Therefore, in this moment, what I want us to do is just to come and open ourselves and say, God, would you come and bring your perspective? Would you come and bring your provision in order that I can be one who seeks to offer hospitality to my neighbors? And what we're going to do is just ask, and we're going to finish like differently. I'm going to ask the band to come back up as they come back up. I'm just going to ask us to stand in a moment, and we're going to pray for us. As the danger of this is we leave thinking, oh, there's these three questions I must do. But it's never that, is it? It's the overflow of what I've received causes me then to be shaped differently. And I felt like particularly, for some of us, we look and say, yeah, but if you understood my life, How? And I felt God wanted to say, no, no, I understand your life. And I want you to have a different perspective of how already I'm using you to show hospitality without you even knowing it.
And in it, that there's this sense of just God then coming and saying, actually, I want to give you everything you need to show hospitality and love to your neighbor. So should we stand? I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to sing a song, Waymaker. And this is often a song that we sing in terms of God's work in us. But I want us to actually see that, yes, it is God's work in us, but it's also God's work through us. And so I'm going to pray for us. Just if you feel comfortable, please close your eyes and then hand over to the band. Jesus, I thank you so much for the reality of what we've received. And I thank you that you draw us up into who you are, God, as the God of hospitality. And I thank you in what we've received, we then get to enjoy together in who we are as family, as church. But God, I thank you it doesn't stop there. I thank you you then cause us to be those that then go out into the world to show hospitality to our neighbors in order that they can taste and see how good you are, God. And so I pray, God, come and bring more of that perspective. That, you're, that we're your workmanship, that you've actually caused us to live the life we're living in order that in this moment we uniquely can be causing our neighbours to taste and see your goodness. Amen. Amen.